Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brendan Escott carrying you through the rest of Oilers now. Bob back tomorrow. Cam Moon will join him, as will uh, Director of Amateur Scouting for the Edmonton Oilers, Tyler Wright. Show is live from Penticton as the Young Stars Classic gets underway Friday. The Oilers playing three games. They'll have Sunday off, so Friday, Saturday, and then a Monday matinee before heading back to Edmonton for the start of the actual training camp. Now let's connect with our NHL insider, John Shannon for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. A couple of years away from this tournament, John, but it's back now and it's back uh, where you spend a little bit of time each year, I think. Anyway, how big is this tournament for, for the league and, and even just for Penticton, if you can kind of gauge that for us? Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that uh, from a, uh, a league-wide perspective, it's any different than any other of the rookie tournaments. Traverse City, where five teams are going to be this year in Michigan, uh, Ottawa and and uh, Boston and Buffalo are in a tournament uh, uh, in Buffalo coming up. Uh, it, this has become, since Kenny Holland created the whole Traverse City system, uh, way back when he was in Detroit, this has become a, a regular occurrence around the NHL. So from from that perspective, uh, it's a uh, it, it's a really good way to take a a sample at your at your your prospects and your rookies. Uh, and I think that there is some excitement back in the Okanagan for the tournament after uh, it was pulled out of there. And it's such a great facility, and the the teams get looked after so well, and the weather will probably be will be fantastic, even though there's a bit of smoke in the valley. Uh, it's one of those things where it's uh, when I'm not there, I'm disappointed because it's a really great event to go to. Much been made on this show, especially just about four. Edmonton uh, first-rounders heading to this tournament. A couple expected to spend a reasonable amount of time in the NHL this year. Significance to you of Edmonton sending four first-rounders and and guys that I would think like Dylan Holloway and Philip Broberg, for example, as I was saying to David, should probably be dominating the competition there. Well, you hope, but I mean, I, I think that if you talk to you know the other three teams, that you know that they they have some hope for some of their. Uh, young players as well. It, listen, this this is as much a part about learning to be an oiler and how to carry yourself as a professional hockey player as it is anything about what happens on the ice. 
you, you know, these are players that as a group uh, will grow within the organization uh, over similar timelines. Uh, and when, when and I, I don't mean to talk too much about the Red Wings, but when you know when Kenny was in with the Red Wings, they they often talked about the Red Wing way. Well, this is where that started. It starts it starts at a prospects tournament, and and I'm sure that uh, with the with the uh, the rekindling of the tournament in Penticton, uh, all four teams, in particular the Oilers, are are trying to instill in all these young guys, what it's like to be an Edmonton Oiler and how proud you should be and, and what a teammate should be. So it's it's part and parcel of of trying to extend the Oiler brand and the players understand how important the brand is. Our NHL insider John Shannon on the line as we kick off, I guess, the uh, the unofficial official start to the regulars, uh, the new season, should I say, not the regular season, but here we are with the first uh, date on the calendar. Medicals ongoing at Rogers Place and then the team heading down to Penticton, 25 of the top rookies. So, uh, you know, I look at all this and think that there's a lot of excitement, a buzz on that front. And, uh, and then... You, you look at the returning players, and it's a group, John, that uh, just the way that they've been speaking after the the informal skates and, and everybody congregating here and sharing the ice surface, most people healthy, it would seem, most Oilers healthy. Uh, there's just sort of a different vibe, a more mature vibe, and maybe a greater understanding of exactly what it's going to take to sort of push past where they made it to last year. I don't know how much of what you've heard out of the, the media circuit this week from Ed Edmonton, but you know, it, to me, it just seems like some of the key contributors for this Oilers team are, are going through the natural progress here of growing up and, and growing up through learned experience. Well, and, and Brendan, what I will tell you is, what you're talking about, what people are witnessing, is the value of winning in playoffs uh, and, and getting through and winning two rounds of playoffs before facing Colorado in the conference final. And that's why people just, you know, elevate the importance of getting into the playoffs and using that experience and, and building almost exponentially um, the, the experience of being a professional hockey player. And, and so, you know, you, you do learn uh, through that series against L.A., through the five games against the Flames and, and the four against Colorado, what it takes to win. And, and the, the prices that need to be paid in order to get to the championship. Um, the Oilers are in, and, and, it, and it's always a frustration when you have a team that doesn't make the playoffs, is how are they going to get that experience? And so the fact that it's now happening, it will ju- it, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, Brendan, and, and it will fuel itself. And the Oilers will be better for it, not just in the regular season and not just right now, but in the next playoff run. So it's it truly is um, it truly is something special that comes out of of, of playing you know, sixteen playoff games, and and next year imagine if it's twenty one playoff games, and how much more experience and 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 players know what price to pay to win is all about. 
And I think continuity in this same breath, John, is huge where you're not going into an offseason saying they need to add three major or even minor pieces in the bottom six. They they went about re-signing some pieces. And of course, Jack Campbell would be the big ticket, you know, addition, if you will. But Brett Kulak coming back and Evander Kane coming back and, and having an opportunity to bring, you know, sort of Oilers hockey and Oilers culture from one year to the next. I don't think that that is something that this team's been able to say as much as it would like to over the past, say, you know, decade or so. There just hasn't been that. Uh, that's right. You know, and that's and that's the price of the patience of a guy that knows how to win. And that's what Ken Holland and uh, and his group know. They know how to win. And, uh, you know, it, it becomes something you, you know when that patience takes place. You know, you know, this team is much deeper now than it was when, when Kenny showed up. Uh, and and there are you know you you talk about Jack Campbell coming with the experiences that he has absolutely, but then you also have to deal with in many ways you know what's going to happen with the defense with Duncan Keith's experience not being there was was he was he Duncan Keith of the Blackhawks no, but he created value within the dressing room he created value on the ice who's going to pick up that slack uh, so there are there are still some questions. And, and, and the other thing is, and, and it, it almost goes uh, a bit uh, with, with talking about the prospects tournament, Brendan, is that uh, it's, it's so much better and so much more satisfying uh, to succeed from within and to reward from within so that guys like Bargo and Holloway know that they will be rewarded and will play for the Oilers if they have good times in Bakersfield and good numbers in Bakersfield. And there's and there isn't some panic that they had to go out in the summertime and and trade for two more forwards or or sign a free agent. This, you know the the succession plan that is being created by this management group is a positive for the Edmonton Oilers. You know the fact that Ryan McLeod now is a regular, get him signed, but a regular on this organization is a positive that if you are loyal to the Oilers, the Oilers will be loyal to you. And that's the type of thing that really, really helps a winning culture. So if you're looking at it this year, it looks like Jake Vertanen is a target to at least fill some of the gap between maybe a younger player like Borgo stepping up into more full-time role. And and if that's next year, then who's going to play on the right wing this year? So it's been reported that uh, Vertanen is, is mulling over this PTO offer and uh, maybe has some interest from Calgary as well. I, I won't ask you to, uh, you know, give us, that's pretty much the report that's out there, but maybe opine if you will about how Vertanen would slot into this Oilers group and what it might mean for the depth chart if that does get agreed to that's a good question um, because you, you know does this fit into what's the long term plan for Yesipuljarvi too Yeah, you have to wonder where that fits into uh, the Oilers forward system um, you, you know the, the, the thing with Vertanen is, is that if he plays the game that we know he can, then he can, you know, he can score goals. He can be physical. Uh, where that is in the, on the on the right side, I I don't know. Whether is is that at this point three? Maybe it is. The, the challenge for Jake is, is, and and you know, now that all of his personal issues have been set aside, the the, the challenge for Jake is that that uh, he, he has to re- hit, reach his potential internally. 
And we all know that he has physical attributes, uh, but it was the mental attributes that he couldn't bring to the game in Vancouver that frustrated the Canucks so much. And and from that perspective, you ask the question, is he a better person now in order to, to make that leap and make the commitment to be a regular National Hockey League player again? Uh, so whether that's in the uh, on the third line or the fourth line or or intermittently as as the thirteenth forward, you know what? That's that'll be an interesting uh, interesting story to line to look at if if he gets through the PTO and gets signed by this club. And that's one thing to remember, right, is you can bring him into camp, but if he doesn't earn the spot, you don't necessarily have to sign him to that contract. Um, nope. his, his former team, John, the, the Vancouver Canucks, going big-time, long-term with J.T. Miller, and I don't necessarily hate that decision, but it causes some very interesting cap uh, ramifications, especially for Captain Bo Horvat moving forward. They just signed Brock Besser as well. What did you make of that, of them committing to Miller long-term out on the West Coast? Well, I, you know, I think that the fact that the Canucks, the Canucks did, in many ways, I think you could look at it two ways. Uh, in signing Miller, they probably got their most effective forward last year because with the ups and downs that some of the players had, um, Miller was, was really, really their best guy consistently. Uh, he could score goals. He was, you know, he, and, and, you know, he, you can you can interpret that he's got some pretty good leadership skills too. The the other thing is that, is that if it does become an issue, um, you know you have him under control when you need to move him, and the, the, you know people will be if they have the space coming up, people will be attracted to a player of Miller's ilk uh, if he's if he has a long term commitment, which we now know that in Vancouver he does. So I, I think that it was a smart move for Vancouver to do that. I think that with Miller in the lineup, Horvat's still got another year under the uh, under an existing contract, so they have some time to work a deal out. Uh, I think I think the Canucks with Boudreaux coaching, Miller in the lineup, Horvat in the lineup, hopefully a healthy Pedersen who had a mediocre year last year. Uh, I think the Canucks can compete for that third spot in the uh, in the Pacific Division. Uh, with the LA Kings, and so I think I think without Miller in the lineup, had they moved him, I don't think they would have been able to do that. Thirty-two goals, ninety-nine points last year in eighty games. He's been, uh, you know, for a guy that they spent a first-round pick. As I recall, it was kind of controversial at the time in Canuckland. Uh-huh. Most things are, yeah. but it was controversial <laughs> when they brought him in, and and here he is performing and now being a part of the fabric. You know, the interesting the interesting thing for me. Uh, and there are some parallels in Vancouver and in Edmonton about last season. And when you look at, you know, the, the, the pre-Boudreaux Canucks versus the post-Boudreaux Canucks, uh, they, were, they had much, a much different personality, a much better record with Bruce behind the bench. And, and, and then you look at the Oilers, and, and in many ways, whether it was you know the arrival of Jay on the on the scene or then Evander Kane on the scene a little later, um, this was a much deeper, a much better hockey club here as well. So from from that perspective, what you the learning curve in Vancouver and the learning curve in Edmonton were were comparable in my mind, uh, and it only makes for a better division. And it, and and you can you imagine if we got to a point, uh, Brendan, this year that 
we would have three Canadian teams in playoff positions in the Pacific Division, that would be something to crow about for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Good thing we have a forum such as this, right? It, uh, yeah, they've got the goaltending, I think, to get it done too. But LA, I, much as I don't really want to respect them after watching how Mikey Anderson went about his business, they did earn a lot of respect in that playoff series. And we got to remember that they didn't have Drew Doughty in that either, uh, nor Kevin Fiala, who came over in the soft season. Uh, we'll stay in the Western Conference here. A couple more questions for John Shannon our NHL insider today. Jordan Cairo gets paid in St. Louis, and they pretty much had to ink this part of their future. Former second-round pick gets the same amount of money as Robert Thomas. So I think, you know, St. Louis is always... Uh, they, they seem to go about business in a wise way where they're not having to overspend for these players. They've got two young, serious cornerstone pieces in Thomas and, and Cairo for their future. And and I just I like the way that St. Louis goes about things. I like this player. Well I'll tell you what, Doug Armstrong's a smart guy. Uh, and he was trained as a manager by two of the smartest in Bob Clark and Bob Ganey. Um, and and what what Doug is building, like any good corporation builds, is a, a strong succession plan, and that's exactly what you have in Thomas and Cairo. As you see, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, who will be 32 uh, next year, uh, who will need a new contract in a couple of years, Vladimir Tarasenko, uh, who is I don't think ever going to be traded now from St. Louis, but. What will happen is is that he probably won't re-sign in, in St. Louis after next year. Uh, they knew in making these decisions, in signing these two guys, they would lose players like David Perron, who loved playing in St. Louis. But Doug Armstrong knows how to build a plan and, know, and is always thinking about the future, and they needed to get younger and faster, and that's what Thomas and Kyrou do for them. Finally, uh, I'm just looking at the baseball standings here, John. I know you're you're a Blue Jays partisan. I'm, I'm sure that much. This is a crazy playoff race. I know it's a new format this year. They've got like four games left or three games left to go against Tampa Bay in this series. Have you been paying attention to what is a crazy postseason race here in the, the early weeks of September? Boy, I'll tell you what. the uh, And when was the last time, Brendan, that you saw two teams play five games in the same series? No, I can't think of it. Cause I, 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 well, I, the last time I would have said would be the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember in my adult life hearing of a five-game series. Uh, and, and this is now the second doubleheader the Jays have played in the last 10 days. So it, it's putting stress and strain on the bullpen, stress and strain on the starting pitching. Uh, but you know Tampa's Tampa's always there. Seattle's playing very well. The Jays, you know, they're doing it without Vladimir, uh, uh, yeah, with, without uh, Vladdy Guerrero doing what he normally does, and that's hit, hit home runs. George Springer finally hit his third of the month uh, yesterday. Uh, it's the bottom of the order that's done a great deal for the Blue Jays in, in making them, you know, a, a competitive team. I suspect they they will make the wild card they won't i don't think they'll catch the yankees i think there's too many things going well for the yankees right now even though they've sputtered uh but the jays have the jays have been fun to watch there's no question about it the playoff race in the american league has been has surely uh, been fun fun to watch and now the key thing and in my mind for the three wild card teams tampa seattle and toronto is make sure that those three that three game series you're going to play make sure you play it at home 
And so that's that's an important aspect. Make sure that when you play one of the other wildcard teams, you're not playing in their building because that'll be a big difference. Half game lead for the Blue Jays in the wildcard race on Seattle and Tampa. Great stuff, John. I appreciate talking to you today. Well, and you know what? Well, let's face it. Stoffer, I know he's doing the show from Penticton, but this is a capital B boondoggle. We all know that. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, we, we have, we're gonna, I'm going to have the RCMP in Penticton to ensure that Stoffer goes to all the games. Perfect. We know you've got that kind of pull down there, too. Thanks a lot, John. Cheers. <laughs> all right. John Shannon, our NHL insider for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling. Brendan Escott here with you. We'll wrap up the show after this. You've got Brendan Escott today for the next uh, three minutes or less, approximately. Bob's back tomorrow. You will have uh, him live from Penticton, the Young Stars Tournament. Play getting underway Friday, but we'll tee it all up for you live from BC's interior. Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, Tyler Wright, will pop by. So will Oilers play-by-play man right here on 6.30, Chad. Cam Moon, good friend of Brentridge Ford. Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. A menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations available online, royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Escott Recommendation. Big tie in week one, baby. Big divisional opponent tie. It's the Texan. Can't go wrong with the pepperoni either. Uh, Tonight on Inside Sports with uh, Reed Wilkins, you will hear from the newly re-signed Elks quarterback, Taylor Cornelius. Two-year extension there. Uh, They're playing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this Friday, so we'll head out to uh, uh, the Green Zone. (laughs) That's what they call it out at CJME in Regina. Jamie Nye is the host of that. You will hear from him. And then Global Montreal uh, president. He's from Global Montreal. He's author of Call of the Wild. It's Brian Wild. Can I read? No. Can I speak? You tell me. <laughs> Sportsnet's Gene Principe also joining the show uh, tonight. It's from 6 to 8 on 6.30, Chad. That's Inside Sports. This day in Oilers history, we'll go back to 1979. Team was just getting formed, and they signed undrafted free agent defenseman Charlie Huddy. Huddy went on to win five Stanley Cups as a member of the Oilers, one of only seven players to do so. He would ultimately return to Edmonton as a coach from 2000. 2000 through 2009, he was most recently an assistant. I think he still is, actually, with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Edmonton Oilers Hall of Fame, now a thing. Charlie Huddy, a prime candidate for such a such an accolade? I would think so. Maybe not when they announce those two brand new names on September 20th, but they'll be adding two names a year. I bet you Charlie Huddy ends up in the ring of honor there been fun hanging out with you for the last couple days appreciate all the contributions on the ashley fine floors text line coming up next on 6 30 chad global news weather traffic update then rob breckenridge from two to three phelan nye has you covered on 6 30 uh, 6 30 chad afternoons at three o'clock bob's back tomorrow i'll be behind the glass we'll chat then so long from the 6 30 chad studios